This episode of the Astro Powder Podcast is brought to you by Gama. Whether you're the shop manager, system engineer, or powder coder, once you decide to make Gama an integral part of your shop, you'll understand how simple it is to be so productive. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gama. Hello, 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 hello. Just practicing. That's good. <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> you, 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 you. Ready to get rolling? But before we do, <laughs> hello, all you powder coating fans, and welcome to episode 48. Of the S. Joe Powder Podcast. That's four dozen. We're not talking about eggs, because eggs are going to be a little too expensive. Anyway, I'm your host, Joe Powder, a.k.a. Kevin Biller. And with me, as always, is my esteemed colleague, sidekick, Nathan. He's ChemQuest's Powder Coating Research's formulator, dude. Welcome to the most bussin' podcast. We're broadcasting from the ChemQuest Powder Coating Research Studios, and that's no cap. We're here to spill the tea and stand powder coatings. Okay, Boomer? Don't at me. It's going to be lit. Fam. No, that's. I said let's get it rolling, but in, in Zoomer lingo. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> All right. But before we do, I'd like to give a hearty shout-out to... Shout-out! My distinguished colleague, Nathan Biller. I'll kind of go back. Nathan got his start in powder coatings uh, about 20 years ago. He was working the graveyard shift at Jamestown Powder Coatings uh, when they had their plant in Columbus, Ohio. At the time, he was juggling his college commitments uh, with an IT major with working full-time. Uh, Nate learned the technology from the ground up, initially in manufacturing, but quickly advancing to quality control, which in, uh, included adjusting formulas in production. He worked there until the Jamestown Company uh, moved that facility to uh, a plant in western Pennsylvania. So after a brief stint as a quality manager at a call center, Nate re-entered the powder coating world as a product development specialist in the powder coating research group. Uh, he soon emerged as PCR Group's lead formulator, uh, tackling complex formulation challenges in uh, new industries, including hyper-durable architectural coatings, low-temp and ultra-low-temp cure powder coatings, aerospace, consumer goods, and various transportation industries. Recently, Nathan has taken over the reins as Vice President of ChemQuest Powder Coating Research. 
He's not only responsible for the day-to-day operations, but also product development and creating proposals for new projects for customers. Great job, Nate. We look forward to your continued contributions to this exciting technology and industry. Oh, shucks. (laughs) Well, it's time for our Guest What segment. Guess what? All right, products finishing reports. PPG and Virocron Primeron Primer powder for- portfolio is designed to provide high corrosion resistance for metal substrates, including steel, hot dip galvanized steel, metallized steel, and aluminum. This portfolio has been tested according to the corrosivity categories and approved by the Quala Steel Coat International quality label for coated steel. But this uh, portfolio of powder coatings includes... The primer on zinc, primer on pro, primer on edge, primer on flex. And they're basically what they sound like. The zinc, there's zinc has zinc rich, pro is a solid basic primer for strong corrosion protection regardless of pretreatment methods. Edge is formulated especially for edge coverage. And, and also, uh, the lead guitarist for the U2 band. If you want to call him that. Flex is good for multiple substrates, including aluminum and different pretreatment methods. Interesting stuff. All right. And IPCM advises there's a new president and uh, changes to the group management board at Kansai Helios. And we've reported on Kansai Helios. They acquired CWS, which was a big German powder coating company. So yeah, it's big merger going on over there in Europe. Yeah, um, you know it's an up and coming company. You know they've been around a long time, but they really have made some major moves, um, putting them up. You know, really up the uh, ladder as far as um, suppliers in in Europe. Certainly in Germany, but also, you know, in Slovakia and other parts of Europe, it's a pretty big deal for their powder coating group. Well, they're based in Japan, correct? Correct, So it sounds like their um, current or their outgoing president, President Junichi Kojima, uh, has been invited back to Kansai Paint in Japan, and then they brought on a local guy, Dietmar Joost, uh, from Germany to serve as new president of Kansai Helios. Yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah, truly an international company now. Our next item, Ripple unveils a powder coating they call Clear Sandy. Ripple is an Italian manufacturer of powder coatings, and they have a new product called Clear Sandy. It's a matte, fine-textured clear coat for coating interior and exterior surfaces. It offers weather resistance, superior protection against corrosion and abrasion, as well as high levels of gloss retention and color stability. That's interesting uh, development there, Nate. You know, they say that this allows you to apply this clear texture coating on smooth surfaces to make them look textured, same color. So it's like if, if somebody wants to have different types of surfaces with the same color, they can uh, can do it with this as a second coat, right? Or they say it's a 
good way to get like a frosty look on a on transparent glass which obviously there's all kinds of applications for that it's a really neat look yeah i think it's pretty important on wine bottles sometimes you know um beverage packaging all right and now you want to take a look in the lab with nick dooby boobity boo a look, look in, in the lab. lab yo this is nick welcome to a look in the lab where we discuss the hows and whys of various powder coating test methods. Today we'll talk about ASTM D-4242 Inclined Plate Flow Test. Let's take a look! Inclined Plate Flow, also called Pill Flow, or as I'll refer to it for the rest of this segment, Pellet Flow, is a comparative evaluation of multiple coatings, not a specific intrinsic property of a single coating, and I'll explain why. But first, let's describe how the test works and what it's for. A pellet flow test gives an indication of the degree of melt flow that occurs during the curing of a powder coating and is a great way to determine a couple of important things. For starters, if you are comparing different batches of the same coating during the same test, especially if you have run this test on a batch previously, you can determine if the batches are in or out of specification. A large variance in the results of two powders, which are expected to be the same, quickly indicates that something about the powders are different and should be investigated further. Another application of a pellet flow test is to compare a series of different coatings to assist with formulating or choosing a coating that best fits your needs by observing the differences in the test results. But first, let's talk about how to run the test. A pellet press conforming to the ASTM standard is used to form an amount of powder into a solid cylindrical pellet of a standard size. The test method suggests the amount of powder be one-half in grams of the powder's density or specific gravity. In our lab, we typically use one gram of powder, although in some comparisons it does make sense to use different weights for the pellets that are calculated to give them equal volume rather than equal weight. The pellet is affixed to a glass or smooth steel plate through heating the plate such that the underside of the pellet only just begins to melt and adhere to the plate. At this point, the plate is attached to a holder that allows it to stand at 65 degrees from horizontal, and the whole assembly is then placed into an oven at the cure temperature of the coating for long enough to fully cure the powder. As the pellets heat in the oven, they will begin to melt and subsequently flow down the inclined plane as the mass of powder begins to behave as a viscous liquid. As the thermosetting cure reaction takes place, viscosity rises until the flowed powder fully cures and becomes solid again. If the flowed pellets were different batches of the same material, and especially if they were compared to a control which is known to be a good sample, you should expect the length of the flows to be very similar. If they are not, this could indicate a potential issue with one or more of the samples. On the other hand, if you are comparing a series of different powders, say for example you are trying to choose a new filler or extender pigment and have incorporated a half dozen different types into the same base formulation, differences in the results can give insight into which filler is best for your needs. Generally speaking, although for various reasons these aren't hard and fast rules, for powders with the same rate of cure, a longer pellet flow indicates lower melt viscosity, which could result in the coating being more smooth, having less texture, and potentially a higher gloss. A shorter pellet flow is indicative of higher melt viscosity that may have more texture or result in increased coverage over sharp edges. For these reasons, an inclined plate flow test is a great way to confirm consistency between batches of the same coating, as well as to infer performance differences between a series of coatings that have a variable. Okay. 
Um, Thanks, Nick. That was great. <laughs> we don't know what he's talking about. But. That was very enlightening. Time now for a word from our sponsors. You have a lot going on every single workday with many things requiring your attention, but you shouldn't have to worry about the efficiency and productivity of your powder coating shop. GEMA automated powder coating systems offer you greater efficiencies while producing consistent, high-quality results. We provide the very best in powder delivery, application technology, connectivity for smarter factory automation, and comprehensive powder management solutions. To learn more, visit completeitwithgama.com. To speak with a representative or schedule a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. Synchronize it, change it, integrate it, automate it. Now is the time to complete it with GEMA. The Powder Coating Research Group is now part of the ChemQuest Group, proud sponsor of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. ChemQuest Powder Coating Research is the only independent laboratory dedicated to powder coating technology. We do everything from evaluating raw materials, formulating the next generation of coating, developing new products, consulting, testing, troubleshooting, and training. Our parent company, ChemQuest, provides expert business strategy and advisory services in all aspects of the specialty chemicals value chain, including expertise in both liquid and powder coating. To find out more, visit our website at powdercoatingresearch.com or ChemQuest's website at www.chemquest.com. You can email Kevin Biller at kbiller at chemquest.com. Thanks for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. The ChemQuest Group is the parent company of CQPCR and provides strategic consulting to companies throughout the specialty chemicals value chain, including advisory services on business strategy, market research, mergers, acquisitions, or divestitures, manufacturing excellence, and formulation, application development, and benchmarking for liquid coatings and adhesives through our sister facility, the ChemQuest Technology Institute. Please contact Edie Fox Abrams, Vice President of Business Development at info at chemquest.com. All right, our first question comes from Christopher in Kentucky. Do you have a question? Ask Joe Powder. Well, you can ask him. Ask Joe Powder. He has the answer. That will advance your powder coating. It's the Ask Joe Powder podcast. He says, hi, Joe. I have a question for you if you have time. I have a material that runs on one of our high production lines. It's a white hybrid that we use around 15 tons per week. I've had the supplier running a particle size analysis on the powder for the last three weeks. How the trials concluded. Virgin powder was tested, reclaimed powder was tested, and feed hopper powder was tested. With this, I wanted to get an idea of how much change the powder goes through during our coating application process over the course of weeks. I was looking for a resource to be able to understand if the, parting, if the starting particle size distribution versus the running particle size distribution looked to be okay or comparable to other coating lines. I expect to have the data soon if all goes well and wanted to get a jump on my learning if possible. 
I hope this makes some sense to you, and I would appreciate any help you could lend. P.S. No real yield-related issues have inspired this study. Just decided to gather data of current state for future use. Is there an industry standard for virgin and percent of drift to virgin? Thanks, Christopher. Good questions, Christopher. And and, and it's it's wise for you to be tracking this kind of stuff. There's a few things that I want to touch on here and to respond to just what you're doing and, and the question that you had. Basically, you know, guidelines that um, I've heard have been mostly anecdotal. I've never seen a, a specific either technical or scientific study that um, tracked virgin reclaim and blending reclaim into virgin material as a dynamic application system in powder coatings. So that's why I say um, most of the knowledge is anecdotal and, and dare I say, tribal knowledge. But I'll try to address these these issues and these questions. One of the first places I checked, just just to make sure I was covering my, my spaces, was the PCI Finisher's Guide to see if they had something to say about reclaimed percentages uh, being incorporated into virgin powder. I checked it. Nope, <laughs> they don't. They say, yes, that's what's done, but they don't offer any guidelines. They say, talk to your powder coating manufacturer. Hmm. Now, let's talk about this whole dynamic and the quality of powder as you transition from virgin you have your your uh, reclaim material and then the dynamic uh, introduction of reclaim into virgin and and uh, what could be happening um, you you did some data collection of the virgin powder that was uh, de- as delivered to your facility you looked at reclaim powder you know 100% reclaim overspray you might call it and then you looked at feed hopper which would have been the dynamic mixture of the two now the key to making a system work well for application not just work well but to be consistent is to have the best particle size distribution to begin with and that's going to do you a few things number 1 you're going to get the higher or the highest um, first pass transfer efficiency because it's specifically a good particle size distribu- distribution. And when I when I mean good particle size distribution, we've talked about this in the past, but you know, relatively narrow, um, minimize the fines, which we define as the less than ten micron fraction of the distribution. I'd like to see that around five percent or less. Um, also minimize the amount of coarse particles in the the initial virgin powder. Um, and for this type of application, uh, anything over maybe 95 or 100 microns is what we would regard as coarse. I'd like to keep that down to less than 1% if you can. So if you start out with good, narrow particle size distribution virgin powder, you're going to get high transfer efficiency, you're also going to have less reclaim, and the reclaim that you do have is going to be the relatively good particles 
relatively good range of particles. If you had a flat, broad particle size distribution, the reclaim is going to be rich in fine particles and coarse particles because neither of those are preferential to get your first pass transfer efficiency. So I hope, hope I haven't gone too fast running through this, but basically by minimizing the overspray, you minimize the issue you're going to have with reintroducing uh, that overspray into your virgin powder. So if you want me to quote uh, a percentage of reclaim to virgin, I'd say absolutely keep it to a minimum. Um, 15% is a good maximum to consider. I know that's not always reality for some application lines. Um, if if you see that you're getting uh, requiring a, a 20 or more percent reintroduction because of the accumulation of your uh, overspray or reclaim, I think that's when you need to go back to your powder coating supplier and ask them what they're doing with your initial particle size distribution. All right, our next question comes from Oslam in Turkey. Oslam says, Dear Joe, hope you are fine. My customers get surface problems such as gloss reduction and regional haze curing with a gas oven. But there's no problem with a TGIC system just for primid, HAA. What do you think? Do you think I should use a gas oven stabilizer? Best regards, Oslam in Turkey. Hey, Oslam. Uh, it's great to hear from you, um, and I'd be happy to help. Let's talk about the difference between uh, primid-based polyester powder coatings and TGIC-based powder coatings. Primid, or HAA, which is beta-hydroxy-alkyl-amid, um, curing polyester powder coatings. Uh, these powder coatings, uh, the, the way they cure chemically, uh, water is emitted as a byproduct during the cure, which, you know, this is going to happen in the oven. So if you compare head-to-head TGIC polyester with a primid-based polyester, um, you may see a haze in the oven, and it may just be uh, the water that's emitted during the cure. Uh, this would be uh, even more obvious if the oven has poor circulation or poor exhaust, uh, and consequently, this may affect the gloss of the finished product. Uh, so that's something to consider. Um, you mentioned having, a, uh, should you have a gas oven stabilizer, um, typically these things are antioxidants. Um, the primid-based material, depending on how it's formulated, uh, could have a tendency to yellow more, and, and also, I mentioned the, the outgassing. Uh, if the powder is applied in a thick film, uh, the water can create pinholes on the surface of the coating, which could be identified as a, as a lower gloss or a haziness uh, due to the disruption of the surface of the coating. Um, TGIC polyesters are far less sensitive to uh, yellowing, outgassing, um, they have better color stability. There's no emission of volatiles, uh, essentially, so you wouldn't see hazing. So this is what you're seeing, Oslem. 
Um, the solution to the problem would be <laughs> either switch back to the TGIC polyesters, which are really quite easy to use, um, or look at the engineering of the oven. Uh, perhaps it needs a, a little bit better exhaust or circulation. Hope this works out for you. Kind regards, Joe Powder. All right, and our final question comes from Hector in Mexico. He says, hi there, Joe. I'm writing from a custom coder in Culiacan, Mexico. I was just reading the last issue of Powder Coated Tough Magazine. And the first question, why are we falling flat, a doubt comes to my mind. I've run into that problem several times. What we did is that we stopped washing these substrates and started sandblasting them instead. Since then, we haven't had the problem again, and now I know why, thanks to your post. You mentioned that the problem occur occurs with polyester-based wrinkles. Recently, I was offered a urethane-based wrinkle. We've tried it successfully a few times, but without using the washing process. Do you believe that if we go back to washing the substrates, we might get, again, flat spots, even in this urethane system? Or is the urethane chemistry for wrinkles different? Thanks in advance for your time. Greetings. P.S. Should I call you Joe, or should I call you Mr. Powder? It's from Hector in Mexico. Hey, well, Hector, uh, thanks for your question. And, yeah, my friends, they call me Joe. You can call me Mr. Powder. Just kidding. Just kidding, of course. One thing I think uh, you have to be careful with, uh, Hector, you know, as, as we all know, powder coatings are sold to powder coating users by salespeople. And one of the things that's important is um, stories that salespeople can tell. Um, basically, the urethane powder that they're proposing as a wrinkle finish most probably is not a true urethane at all. It will be a polyester-based uh, powder formulation, um, and it'll use a resin that's used in urethane powder coatings, a hydroxyl functional polyester. But I have a really strong feeling that it's going to be the same chemistry and going to be susceptible to the same issue. The issue you mentioned was the surface preparation of your parts. Uh, you had mentioned uh, you were washing the substrates, and I think what may have been happening is um, there was some residue left on the surface, and that residue was interacting with the curing mechanism, specifically the catalyst system of a polyester-based wrinkle, and what happened was the wrinkle didn't wrinkle, and hence left a, a smooth spot or smooth um, surface. Um, by just blasting the surface and maybe wiping it down with a solvent, um, you're going to avoid any residue that could interfere with the curing mechanism of a polyester wrinkle finish. Now, just to give you a little more information on the differentiation between the polyester wrinkle chemistry and a polyurethane, the polyurethane uses a blocked diisocyanate. Sometimes it could be a, a, a trifunctional isocyanate, but a blocked isocyanate uh, that reacts with the, the hydroxyl group on the polyester. The wrinkle system uses a, 
uh, a bit of a tongue twister, tetramethylmethoxyglycolurel, TMMGU for short, and that requires uh, an acidic, an acid-based catalyst, which if there's any residual alkali on the surface of the, of the metal of your, on your parts, it can interfere with the catalysis, which then pretty much kills the wrinkle effect. What I would do is, to find out for sure, I'd run a couple parts with the washer system and coat them with this new quote-unquote urethane powder uh, and see what you get. I'd do this before you dedicate any number of parts that may not turn out you know, with the right finish. Hopefully this points you in the right direction. Best regards, Mr. Powder. What's the, what's the name of upcoming events again? Upcoming events. Okay, it's time for upcoming events segment. Hey, friends, where are we going? To an upcoming event. Right, May 1st through 3rd. Um, is the Women in Finishing Forum, and that's happening at Wyndham Pittsburgh University Center, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Then the 26th and 27th of June, it's the Codings Tech Conference. That's at the Hyatt Regency at the Arcade in downtown Cleveland. That's the um, American Coding Association's more technical show that they hold on uh, off years when the American coding show is not happening. And Nate and I will be at that one. We're going to be giving a half a day, three, three or four hour workshop on low temperature cure powder coating technology. Got that right. Okay. If you want to find the Astro powder column in quote unquote print, with PPCJ Polymer's Paint and Color Journal and their sister publication, Asia Pacific Coatings Journal. You can also find it in PCI Magazine. Uh, that PCI Magazine is Paint and Coatings Industry. Um, it's under one of their tabs. I believe it's their finishing today. They have us under their podcast one as well, podcast tab. Um, you can find... Uh, Estio Powder in IPCM, International Paint and Coatings Magazine, which is published by our good friends in Italy. You can find Astro Powder older um, columns in the Powder Coated Tough Magazine, which is uh, the flagship of the Powder Coating Institute. Um, you can get that online uh, at powdercoating.org. Um, and recently we were we're appearing under the title Ask the Expert. No Joe's involved with this one, but Kevin Biller answers um, practical questions. Ask the Expert in Products Finishing Magazine, which is pfonline.com. And you can find us online at askjoepowder.com. If you want to know anytime a new episode comes out, uh, subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all of them. We have a YouTube channel. We'll be posting videos, including the look in the lab videos. If you want to see the hands-on demonstration of the different tests that we're doing there and with Nick's explanation on Twitter, we're AKA Joe powder. And if you want to ask a question, the email address is ask at yahoo.com. Or you can call and leave a message. Country code one 
Four seven eight two ask Joe. That's one four seven eight two two seven five five six three. This has been production of the ChemQuest Powder Cutting Research. Uh, music editing and looking at labs done by Nick Page. So long and thanks for all the fish. And remember, keep your tree frogs dry. They actually require hundred percent humidity. They uh, don't. Uh, they don't actually drink water. They absorb it through their skin. So they need lots and lots of moisture. Okay. Don't keep your tr- <laughs> keep your powder dry, my friends, and don't keep your tree frogs dry. Thank you for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Gama. Gama's Optiflex Pro Manual Gun uses Power Boost technology, which gives you the industry's highest charging power at 110,000 volts and 110 microamps, allowing for faster and more efficient powder coating. We're handing you more power, more quality, and more control. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. Did, did, you, did you catch that first sentence? PPG, Envirocron, Primer on Primer Powder Portfolio. Did they, did they check that before they released that press release? Um, I'm going to say it three times fast. All right. Sorry. We need, um, outtakes. PPG and Virocron primer on primer powder portfolio. PPG and Virocron primer on primer powder portfolio. PPG Virocron primer on primer powder portfolio. Nice. We want to hear you say that after six beers. (laughs) I'll go get the beers. Cool. We're done. Is it 420 yet?